Hey, welcome. Black Tribe Mandate 456. Gary and Lisa Black coming at you from 719 Lending in Colorado Springs. Shout out to them. Hi, baby. How are you? Good, baby. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing so good. Are you? Yeah. Okay. This is our second take because I didn't hit record uh, for the voice. So here we go. It's the little things. It's the little things in life. <laughs> hey, I'm excited about today. Um, we're talking the different types of intimacies. We're talking how you actually can can compart, compartmentalize, compartmentalize in your marriage, yeah. right? So if you're watching us on video, we're both wearing powder blue. We didn't mean to do this today, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, Patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. Or you're listening to the podcast on Apple or iTunes or any of the platforms, Spotify. Um, so GaryandLisaBlack.com for any of our stuff. I looked today on our YouTube channel. Yeah. 373 videos. We they're all you taking the yeah, dog for and a I've walk. never promoted our YouTube channel, so we have like a couple hundred and seventy some subscribers. I don't know how. That's so cute. I didn't know we had one. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do, and it's beautiful. So you can find all of our stuff there. Wow. Uh, and uh, Black dot com is the best place, though. It all gets downloaded. What are we doing today, baby? Well, I, I, we're going to go into some different levels of intimacy in marriage. Okay. Because we do talk about um, sexual intimacy a lot because mm -hmm. it's very important. But it is very we important. don't necessarily, we haven't really covered uh, spiritual intimacy, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, okay. um, and sexual intimacy. So, and you always got to have the end. Sexual. Yeah. And I think, obviously, when we think of that word intimacy, we go... You know, most of us, are, we go right to sex, and we've had lots of conversations about that. But I was just thinking of, okay, before we get to that, because that's good stuff, that's good meaty stuff, and it's very important. But we, you and I rarely deal with marriages that are thriving and have the answers, really? right? Yeah. And we were not thriving, and we didn't have the answers right. for years. And, and we had a really hard time getting any kind of solid guidance that would give us tools that would actually say, Hey, when you guys get home, I want you to practice this. Or, you know, it was just, a. that's what, you know, and we are not anti-therapy. Trust me. I've spent a hundred thousand dollars on therapy <laughs> yeah, for, for people children, that, yeah. that needed it in our family and whether it helped them or not, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's still out there, but, um, I think it's a good thing. I think anytime you can see that you are stuck or you don't know how to get past something, and someone older or wiser with more education or more life experience can say, hey, when you get up tomorrow, I want you to try this. And I think a lot of us want some practical things of yeah, how absolutely. when you're drowning. And I, and I want to add this, that don't wait until you're in crisis, Yeah. right? Um, you have access to us for coaching. Yes. You have access, to, obviously, to hundreds of thousands of therapists, right? And, and the best thing to do is get the tools when things are good so that when you do go in the ditch, you have those tools to come out of the ditch. And that's what we hope we're trying to give you here on this podcast are those practical tools by things we've learned and loved and lived through. I had a guy comment the other day on the podcast. He goes, I just love the way you and Lisa interact, and I love the smoothness of your voices. Oh, we do have great voices. We have great smooth <laughs> voices. Okay, it's good to Little know. Little BB King. I was actually very attracted to your voice when I first met you. There oh. was a couple guys I dated in between husbands, and if they call me and their voice was not like so smooth, yeah, it I didn't really want to see them. I didn't want to have coffee with them or anything. And when you uh, called me and your voice was all like gravelly, and so you don't love it anymore. 
No, I love okay. your. I find it very probably. If you died tomorrow, I would probably have just a loop of oh, nice. messages from right. you that I would listen to. to hey, oh, you. by the way, guys, we went to the Eagles concert the other night. <laughs> oh my gosh! Spirit we celebrated God our up. anniversary because we're doing the marriage intensive during our twenty third anniversary. And talk about smooth. 76-year-old it boys up there. so impressive. Killing it, man. <laughs> it if you get to see the Eagles last two or go to it. And I, didn't, so I did not realize if I had been playing trivia and someone said, you know, when did the Eagles launch? I would have said, you know, 68, 69. It was my year I was born, 1970. And I thought, this is why I feel so connected to this band because I literally grew up with yeah, them. Yeah, Don Henley said, we've been practicing for 53 years. And I, I was hope like, it's okay. I've been practicing for 53 <laughs> years too. And honestly, Joe Walsh stole the show. Dude, I can't believe it. He I just, it just goes to show when you're created to do something and you do that thing, you just get better and better. Yeah. And even if you have to limp you know, to get yeah, to the microphone yeah. once you get there. <laughs> well, Cheryl Crow opened and she Oh my gosh, she's 60 years killer. old and she's just gorgeous <laughs> from head to toe. It was okay. very impressive. All anyway. right, so intimacy and compartmentalizing We're going to start with marriage. the compartmentalizing. Okay. I think we'll Let's probably go to a part two. So if you're listening to this, hold on for the part two because we'll go into more depth there. But I've always been fascinated by the male ability to compartmentalize. Okay. And I have separated it in my own mind in um, in evolution of survival for men. And I don't know if that's still happening quite like it was on the earth. I think probably video games and pornography is a form of unhealthy compartmentalizing. I don't know if all video games are, but it's it's the shutting off of a certain part of your life that may be too complicated or or you don't know what to do, or you feel stuck, and then just staying in another part of life. And we've talked about how, you know, if a man's going to war, and I know women go to war too, but we're going to go like World War One, World War Two, because this is really when things change it among the genders. Like okay. it was a yeah. real shift. So you think, you know, I mean, you got 19-year-old boys, maybe 25-year-old boys, maybe they have a wife and children back at home. They definitely had a job. They had a home. They had a farm. They had something. When they're on the front lines and they got their buddies next to them, they're not thinking about their farm or their wife or their children. They are fully engaged in battle. And I think, you know, men are hunters, typically. I know there's people are, I know there's going to be a woman somewhere. I'm a hunter. I know. I'm ta- I know these are generalizations. Well, I there's going to be men that say, well, I think about my wife the whole time I'm at war. You've never been to war, so you don't. <laughs> you don't know. So Going to Denver in traffic is not war. <laughs> yes, it might feel like yes. it, but it's not. It's a small one. But... The, and I don't know that it's a bad or a good thing the way God designed us. I think it was a survival thing that men had to do that and compartmentalize. It's very difficult for women, which is why I tell, you know, most of the young women that I, that I, I know they want their careers and I know that they don't want to put that on hold while they have babies or raise babies or whatever, but it's not super practical. I've, I've never been at work and not been thinking about my kids. And I've never been home with my kids and not been thinking about work. It is impossible for me to go into my office and shut off the fact that my kids were with a nanny or a babysitter or at school. Or I was always connected to them. I was always thinking of what I was going to make for dinner. I, I just couldn't ever shift that. Yeah, and let's admit it. You're more like a 1950s housewife. I than would you rock are. the 1950s. Yeah, you would have killed. No, it. but I. But the, here, okay, but but I love working. I mean, I absolutely. I know that about you. Loved it, yeah. and for me, it's it was easier to go to work than stay <laughs> home, because I would get 
job reviews and people would tell me, wow, you're doing so great. Well, that's Lisa. why men go. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be home and I would kill myself to make the end. Nobody noticed. Nobody cared. Nobody. It just didn't matter. It's right. not. It's it, the art of homemaking is not valued by very many people. So when we didn't celebrate your meals, you would get up. Well, like, come on, guys. I just wanted a thank you <laughs> instead of a complaint. Okay. So, so I'm, let me make sure I'm following you. So men go to war. Yeah. Men, uh, whatever, the professional athletes, whatever you're, you're golfing, you're compartmentalizing because you're just focused on what you're doing right now. Which then. is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Okay. Women, it's really hard for them, especially hard. maternal good women. Hard to. Because they can't separate themselves from their children. And, and we know even our daughter-in-laws are having to put their children in daycare. Yeah, it's a long day for our daughter-in-laws. Yeah, which we hate, but yeah. at the same time, they don't have a choice. Right. Because they all have to work. I mean, obviously, times have changed drastically. So- it's really hard, though, for a woman to separate any of that. It's, it is. It's easier for men. It is. And I think that's why you could be in the car with your wife driving to an apple orchard with the children on a beautiful fall day. And she says, he says something to her or goes to grab her hand or something and she pulls away. She's mad about something that happened last Tuesday. Yeah. And it's not been resolved. <laughs> so she's got to freeze you out because she's got to punish you to make you see how serious this was. Now, this also, to me, is the difference between girlhood and womanhood. Okay. Because when I was a little girl in my 20s and probably in my 30s, I used pouting. I used coldness. I I had to punish my man for how he failed me. And if I gave him a smile or a touch, he would get the message oh, it's over. We don't have to ever talk about that again. I've forgiven you. We've moved on. Because he has. Right. He's good. (laughs) He's not thinking about it. Right. He's like, we're going to the pumpkin patch with the cute little kids. You know, maybe I can get a beer later. I don't know. This could be a good day. Could be a good day. But a woman can't have a good day on a perfect day if her emotions are tied up and she has not put it in a compartment. So I, this is my challenge. Okay. I, and, I, and I want to give like a, a five-day challenge, two-week challenge, especially to women, to try compartmentalizing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Try. Try it. Okay. Here's the five-day challenge. And we'd love <laughs> to hear from some of you. And, um, and I want to, since I'm thinking about this. We want to start interviewing some married couples. Yes. Young, old, middle. Regular people. People who are having a really hard time. People who are doing great. We want to start getting you on the podcast and talking through stuff. Yeah. If you got a story you want to talk to us about, yeah. message so us. So please message us and let's set that up. Okay. So okay. how would a woman... So let's just start with... So wait. So stop. Okay, I, so Genghis Khan. Yes. So what he, he would do. And they say 1% of the whole world is impregnated by him or has his seat in we have his dna yeah and we were in kazakhstan and everybody looked i mean they're gorgeous people but they say like 80 some percent of they're all related yeah they're all related to because he raped so many women yeah he raped tens of thousands of women what a peach so he would line up the women and children put them in the middle and no he put them behind the they put, put his men on the front line of war and then he'd put the women and children behind them about a half a mile and he would tell his men if they break through your, this line, they're going to rape your wives and they're going to kill your children. So or you better fight like slaves. a warrior. Yeah. So those men had to compartmentalize and say, I'm taking these dudes out or they're dead. So we fight for you. We fight and we think about that, that we are actually fighting for something bigger than ourselves. Absolutely. But we can compartmentalize that time and do it. A woman, we're saying it's tougher for them. So how would a woman learn how to compartmentalize? I'm going to tell you. Okay, thank you. So I think that 
it can be incredibly dangerous to compartmentalize. Okay. I think it is one of those things that can be a curse or a blessing depending on how you use it. I think you can use it to stay in denial, to never deal with anything, to, um, I mean, there, there are stories of women that say, I, this man came home every day at five. We had five children together. He taught Sunday school. We went to Sunday school together. And I found out after 35 years of marriage, he was a, a serial killer. Yeah. Or <laughs> I mean, a pedophile. Or, yeah, yeah. That is extreme sure, compartmentalizing yeah. of to where people have mm-hmm. a separate life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a woman tapping into that masculine side of her brain. And also rising up to a little bit more maturity instead of punishing your man, having a conversation with your man. So we had it. We've had lots of situations like this. And in the beginning of our marriage, I, I don't made, remember. I've compartmentalized them. No, go ahead. I think our marriage was always easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Touché. Worked out I great like for it. you. Yeah. I know when I hear some old men raving about their wives and how amazing they were, I think, yeah, that marriage was great for you. She had the sucking well, of the deal. I'll tell you the truth you've never punished me with like withholding sex or something you like sex too much so you would never like well we're not having sex i'm mad at you well i do like sex but i also found that is a way we were coming back together so to me i saw it as a tool of intimacy and so i didn't want to miss that because my goal was for us to no be no pun intended but i did i didn't you know i wanted us to be close and i wanted us to be one and i wanted us to be together so why would i push you away sexually that was but most women i know use sex to punish to punish okay. like the lack of sex um, i think the coldness those those type of things is when i'm asking you as women to rise above yourself look at the whole of your marriage And if I looked at the whole of our marriage, I would look at, you know, spiritually, physically, financially, um, emotionally, and in physical, like how we connect. There's areas we connect very strong on, and there's areas we avoid like crazy because we know it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. Neither one of us really wants to have it, and we don't have a solution. Yeah. So we're not going to go there. Right. We don't have the tools to deal with it. So for some people, for some people that is emotional intimacy for some people that is maybe financial like they've got all everything's okay if they've got money but if if there's any kind of shift in that she's freaking out about her security he's freaking out about his manhood his ability to so we just don't talk about that subject that's true but it comes up all the time yeah that's good so if that's going on for 20 years it's time to move into that compartment together (laughs) yes right but i'm talking about like a week i'm talking about a marriage that is not connecting maybe on three of the five points. Okay, maybe you guys connect over the kids. And maybe you connect beautifully over finances. But the that's rest rare, but that's yeah. rare. But the other three things you're not connecting on. And some injury has come in on that thing. There was, you know, you walk in, your husband's on the phone talking to another woman on text or something. And you're mad about it. Or... You see him, you know, looking at pornography or in our situation, you're like, oh, my God, what did you buy at Target? And like things we needed very defensively in your girl math. Yeah. And and we want to avoid and we want to avoid that pain. Right. Right. So we step away. So I'm not talking about I'm talking about shelving it for the greater good of the whole of the marriage. And I'm talking about difference between holding a grudge and punishing your spouse with no with no outcome, how much more successful would it be if you were to say, hey, this happened today, 
And we're going to table this because we are not going to be alone together to have this conversation with whatever emotions come up until Friday. But we have all this going on with our family all week. So are we going to be hateful towards each other? Are we going to make sarcastic comments to each other? Are, like our daughter said to us, they were just in town for our baby shower. Or her baby shower. Right. Not we ours. Throwing. No, we're done having babies. <laughs> we are not pregnant. But we we're having another granddaughter coming. And so we were celebrating with our daughter and son-in-law. And she said there was a traffic incident where you got pretty intense when we were all in the truck. <laughs> Backing out of the, the, the Oktoberfest. <laughs> I looked at our children who are adults now and their faces were like, oh God, dad's mad. <laughs> and I was upset because I thought it was <laughs> a bit much. <laughs> it was a bit for, much. For Oktoberfest yeah. to be that angry. But um, we moved on very the quickly. people were being complete idiots, by the way. Everyone's an idiot who's in a car different than you. <laughs> okay, good okay. point, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because our daughter's 30 now, and she said, you know, Mom, I love watching your marriage with Dad now because she said an incident like that when we were children would have lasted for two weeks. Mm. She said we would have felt the tension so thick because I was, I was mad, you're mad. like So we've got to just carry that. Right. And she's like, you guys were over it. You said what you needed to say. He said what he needed to say. Ten minutes later, everything was fine. We're eating wings. Right. And I thought that's the difference of an immature marriage versus a mature marriage. It isn't that things don't come up. Right. Well, let's talk about another story. And I want to talk about the men's side of this, too. Because yes, please. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're in Mexico. We're ministering. Um, it's intense. I lose my shit for some reason at breakfast I just get upset because I couldn't find I'm terrible with directions as, as you guys know if you listen um, and I get upset and so then I take it out on you we got a big fight and we're at breakfast and I'm crying yes I'm trying to figure you out how to crying. get out of Mexico without you <laughs> yes and it was ridiculous and so I went and got help for it when we got home I think we've talked about that on yeah, other we podcasts talked about it. but we were meeting Noah and his girlfriend. After five days of intense ministry yeah. and heat and all the things, right. we were meeting our son in Puerto Vallarta. So, in a, yeah, we're going to go over there for three days and hang out with them. So we just decided, let's table this. Let's compartmentalize this. And I cried this. from yeah. the hotel <laughs> on the bus to the airport to Guadalajara. And yeah. then the second we got them, I fixed up my makeup, I put yes. eye drops in, and I was like, "Hi!" Yes. And it it fake. I don't know, but. Why drag them into something that we couldn't do anything right. about at the Especially moment? Especially on a vacation. On a vacation. And when I look back at my youth, I think of the beautiful fall days that I pouted my way through because of my immaturity really that I missed. Yeah. And I would say that's true for men, too. We we want you to pay for it somehow, or we just don't want to talk about it because we know it's just going to turn into irrationality, yeah. right? going to get crazy. So we try to avoid it at all costs. So it's a really important, guys, if you're listening to this, that when you do make that decision to say, okay, wait, let's put this aside for a few days. We're going to come back together. There's the key. You have to come back together on it. Now, the thing I love about this, and a big time pastor taught me this from our city here, was that if people were calling him losing their mind, uh, the yeah. what? I thought the clock was keeping track. Oh. Oh, sorry. No, no clock. I thought maybe you didn't hit record or something. Honey, do you ever watch our podcasts? No. Why would I oh, watch them? That just sits there, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> it's on every podcast. Why would I watch it? Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> my wife got distracted. Um, so it, 
it's been really important to just get back to that, that you actually come back together on it. How would and you, what how I was you, saying was, well, that? let me finish this, because what he taught me, this pastor, was that if people were calling him freaking out, and it wasn't a life and death situation, yes. he'd always meet him like three days later. Absolutely. Because two or three days later, it calms way down, you actually have some perspective, and you're not as upset, because we're led, we react instead of respond mm-hmm. to things as humans, and we respond out of our emotions instead mm-hmm. of out of the fruit of the Spirit, which we've talked about a lot. Um, and so... In a marriage, I think it's really healthy if you can go, okay, kids are here, whatever's happening, let's come back to this. It's Tuesday. We're going to come back to this on Friday after the kids go At to bed. At this time. At this time. I think We're going to lay the kids down or wherever the situation yeah. is. And then come back to it. It will be calmer. You will be able to actually talk through it and hear, yeah. hear one another's perspective better, hopefully. Right now, you can say things that'll trigger stuff and go right back into fighting if you want, or you can get some tools here and learn how to have this conversation. That's so good, babe. Yeah. I think that also that goes back to women needing security. I think when men hear women want security, they might think that means Mercedes or what what security means to a woman is, yes, I have a place to live, right? And yes, I can buy food for the children. Absolutely, that is security and that you're going to carry that. But security is actually, you're in this with me. Like when I, my playlist to you, well, I like to listen to you while I'm sitting by the, the pool or whatever, is it's a lot of, I'll never leave you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, that's security <laughs> to me. So when, if we get in a big ass fight on Saturday and we're not, we haven't scheduled a time to, to deal with it and we're both real hot about it, I feel insecure. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, so do I. You do? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I didn't know you ever felt insecure. Uh, well, absolutely. If, if we have something hanging over us and you know it and you feel it okay, and you're pissed or you're just sad. And now these days, well, you still get pretty mad. Um, these oh, days, I'm fiery as you hell. Just get, yeah. You get sad and you feel like, and you have abandonment issues. I do have abandonment issues. <laughs> you do, right? Well, your husband died and your son he died. bailed and on me, yeah. yeah. People have left you. People We've had leaders leave us. People have rejected me right. and betrayed me, so yeah. So I see it. And I and I, honestly, I was I was um, coaching a guy yesterday, um, and I, I said this to him, and it just all the green lights went on for him because his, his wife deals with abandonment. Mm. So anytime she feels like he's abandoning her, she loses it. Yes. And and he's like, what, what is this big reaction from? Right. Yeah. And I, I said, it's a spirit of abandonment. Mm-hmm. It's not just normal. It's a demon, right? And but and for years, it's not demonic anymore, but you have abandonment issues. So you get sad. You feel like I'm going to leave and never come back. That kind of thing. Well, I start planning how I'm going to make it in my 70s on my own. And, <laughs> right. You know, how long can I get, you know, how many miles can I get out of the truck yeah. before I'll have to go buy another car by myself? Right. Super intimate. Like that's really where a woman's mind can go in an immature, unhealthy place. Yes. And I think how scary are a woman's emotions to a man? Could that be one of oh, the it's reasons? Scary as hell. Why? Because we, it, it, first of all, normally it's totally irrational, <laughs> <laughs> and and everything's connected. Yeah. So we don't know half the time where the hell the information's coming from, except that it's usually correct. We just forgot about it. Yeah. From ten years ago, right? And so, and and again, it's all connected, and we literally can't track with that because our brains don't work that way. Right. So it's intimidating. It's crazy. We know we're going to get angry because we don't know how else to shut it down. And so that's what creates even a bigger fight. Okay. So I love this idea of this tool. And this challenge to you ladies is 
learn how to compartmentalize. Learn how to rise above your emotions. Your emotions do not control you. You rule your emotions. This is key. Or the scripture is a lie. This is key. Learn that the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, are something you become, not something you feel. I am peace. I am joy. So in the midst of a big argument or a fight that's happening, you have to make that decision. And am I going to be ruled by my emotions or am I going to choose a fruit of the spirit here and become peace that surpasses all? It doesn't make any sense that I should have peace here and that I should calm down. But I'm going to make that decision as a mature mm. adult, not as a little child trying to get their way and screaming and fighting and pouting and holding their breath. Right. That's the difference, I think, in our marriage now. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, to me, is the only way you could actually successfully do compartmentalization in a marriage. In a healthy way, yeah. I think that we always have to have a little bit of it. I know that, like, if you're traveling in another country and you are – I try, I try like, when you're traveling and you're, like, in Cambodia or something, and I'm aware of, like, the spiritual thing that's happening there. I'm aware that you probably have jet lag. I'm aware that you probably have preached all day and met with people. I know you probably haven't slept very well. I know all those things about you. So I am not going to share with you anything that's happening in our home that you can't do anything about. That's good. While you're on that trip. I really missed that, by the way. I know you loved it. And I also tried not to meet you at the airport with the list of issues. (laughs) You know, I'd like Or the front door. Yeah. I, I did try to like it is important, I think, to this is something we all need to work on as humans is putting ourselves in other people's shoes and trying to see the world from their perspective. And it's not that all these crazy people out here who are just totally ruled by their emotions and just hold everyone hostage walking on eggshells with their ups and downs and their trauma and their triggers. And it's all about them. All the, I mean, that's what is scaring me the most about what's happening on the earth right now is we are coming so inner focused. Right. And our quest to get emotionally healthy, we're becoming freaking basket Well, cases. I mean, and Paul says it in Romans, don't be self-centered. Don't just focus on you. But every, all, every Christian program right now, too, is, it's all is me, 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 me. It's you made me feel yeah. this way. You, you, you. Well, you and part of that, and we've talked about it, we made salvation an individual thing mm-hmm. instead of an us thing, a corporate thing. I get, I accept Jesus into my heart for us as the body of Christ. Right. Because I am a sent one. I'm not waiting to get to heaven one day. I'm a son on the planet right now on this earth to bring heaven to earth. And I got I did a video on this today. We've got to get heaven's view instead of earth's view. Absolutely. What's happening in Israel? Jesus became Israel. Now, of course, we stand for Israel. Of course. But the point isn't that we're all going back there one day. That's completely. Well, how are you even going to get flights? <laughs> when I, I'm serious. Well, I mean, true. I've had this conversation with some older people in your life that we got to get Jerusalem. Well, what about the single moms that are just yeah, trying? I'm in like the inner city. Yeah, you you really anyway, think that they're all going to be able to hop a ride over to Jerusalem yeah, like it's yeah. that literal? So this challenge. This challenge is to ask yourself. It's, it's more asking questions and challenging yourself to, to the greater good of the family and the greater good of the marriage. Is me freezing my spouse out because of the hurt? What is that going to bring into our house? And is that actually even going to get anyone what they want? I think that's a really key thing is I think we have to know what we're looking for and, and, and what will bring us peace. So, you know, when you have a couple that one spouse has had an affair, 
whether it's one time or it's been an emotional thing or whatever. Or they're looking at porn all the time. Or well, whatever. and yeah. they've decided to, they both decided, no, I want to stay in this marriage and I want our family to succeed. And we'll, you know, counselors or anyone will always tell them, well, you have to rebuild trust. I can't tell you how many people have said to me, how do you rebuild trust? Right. And it is daily, small, big, huge, minuscule, unnoticed, <laughs> showing up, doing, you know, being honest, speaking the truth and love, serving your spouse above yourself and doing that over time. I wasn't the one who broke you, but I paid the price for the brokenness. For the brokenness. Sure. And so 10, 15 years into our marriage, I was still daily proving to you, I'm trustworthy. I tell the truth. I'm not sleeping with anyone else. I'm not even flirting with any because you'd been wounded so deeply in those areas. You didn't know me for the first couple of years we were married. Yeah, we were true. becoming I one. Mean, adultery is a big thing. It's, it's a huge, huge <laughs> yeah. thing. Like that destroys a person's soul. That takes away all your trust. That's it's the ultimate betrayal. And I had to build trust. I didn't break the trust. Right. I didn't do one thing for you not to trust me, but I still had to rebuild it mm, because good. someone else broke it. Yeah. And I had to do that by bringing you your second cup of coffee. As soon as I saw, you know, that you were ready for your second cup of coffee. I had to do that by always picking up my phone. I had to do that with answering questions that didn't make sense to me because that was something you went through before. It wasn't anything that I had broken but i still had to fix it See, that's I think so we both good do i that. think you got to hear that guys is you quit blaming your mom or your dad or this or that and start taking responsibility for your own life and take responsibility for your spouse's life it, it wasn't you that broke it maybe it was a dad that broke it maybe it was an uncle that broke it that's so the first marriage that broke it i still because i said yes to this covenant have to be a part of helping you heal yes and humbling myself in that not blaming you and saying, God, if you just get over yourself and forgive your dad, we'd be fine. I've got to change my language. But do get over yourself and forgive your dad. Yes, yeah. you do. Absolutely. Right. Do have that. To, right? I mean, what is me, it? I never knew you. That's just unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. Right. Absolutely. So we get to forgiveness and we get to health. It takes time. It takes tools. And I love this. So let's finish this up. You're gonna, we're, we're doing this challenge, ladies. Compartmentalize. When you get in a big fight, instead of fighting in front of the kids, like for Emily to say that to us the other day, that hits my heart because our kids knew. Our kids felt it. I, I, sometimes yeah. we think they don't. They do. If you're, if you're not yelling and screaming and slamming doors and the police aren't showing up, but you're not um, speaking, not touching, yes. not silence, looking, uh, silence creates and, what? You know, Shame. For our kids, all, all our kids needed to know was your eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Wherever dad's eyebrows are is the tone of the home. If you were watching <laughs> on video on our Patreon, you'd see my eyebrows right now. So to, I mean, that really is the, this, and I'm not talking about, you guys know this, it's not about putting up with abuse. It's not about sure. slapping a bandaid on it. It's about having a mature relationship and saying, okay, this is a, this hurts. Yeah. I'm pissed. You're pissed. But look at look at this week. Yeah. You know, especially when you have lots of small children, you it's really hard just to go in your bedroom and close the door and think that a one year old and a three year old is not going to climb up on you know anywhere and do something. You're not going to be able to have a conversation, yeah. and to actually plan it and say we're going to have to deal with this, but let's put a pin in it until then. But also, don't emotionally. Block each other. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to intimacy with one another. Get back to health for your children's sake. And then make sure you actually meet when you say you're going to meet. Do it well. Yeah. As mature, freaking gross and balls men and show up and deal with stuff. 
Stop, stop avoiding it. Stop anesthetizing it. Stop putting your wife down. You've got to actually show up and deal with your shit because it is shit. And, it, and, and the way we treat women, we've been taught from the future, gen, all the generations, it's just not healthy and good. Right. So we, we become healthy men by confronting ourselves first and then actually following through and doing the sitting down and having the hard conversation, which is really hard. It's very hard. But isn't it interesting that scripture is all about a husband laying his life down for his wife? That's the truth of what well, scripture that's Jesus is. in the church. That's Jesus in the church. Yeah. But you guys are taught from the time you're small, sometimes from your dads, other men, whatever, that you're supposed to take from women right. and not give that's to them. That's all I knew. That's yeah. all you knew. That's all I knew. And you were told that by everyone, Christian men. Yeah, 100%. Women are beneath us. They're and to and we were created to, to serve you. Yeah. And so isn't it interesting that the church has actually perpetuated, perpetuated the opposite of what Scripture It's called religion, said. babe. And you still got some yo-yos out there preaching that stuff. 100%. And yes, them. women are to submit to men. You know why? To show us who Jesus is. And yes, men are supposed to submit to women. Uh, men are supposed to sit down, come, lay their lives down for their wives, just like Jesus did for the church. That's a, big That's a whole other level. Okay, we're going to end this with a question. Okay. Our first year of marriage, 23 years ago. Whoa. In the second month. Whoa. What was our biggest fight? Everything. <laughs> okay, but give me something specific that we fought about that. Uh, the chaos in the second second month or yeah. second year or second month was all about um, the boys and their schedule. and uh, So we fought about that. We fought about that. We fought about money. We fought about all of our money was going to counselors and lawyers. And See, yeah. now, if you would have asked me that question, I would have said, I have no idea. You don't remember? I don't you remember. You don't remember December 2000? <laughs> I don't. Dude, I can tell you exactly what I was wearing. I made my point. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks. Hey, part two is coming with the different levels or different types of intimacy. Yes. And how we implement those. Tools, baby. Tools. tools in our marriage. All right. Thanks, guys. Good job, baby. We'll talk soon.